The Bible teaches that words have the potential to destroy and tear down relationships like nothing else that man has ever invented. It is an incredible weapon. The tongue is a fire, a very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. The human tongue has the power to destroy, he's saying. The human tongue can sure be a nasty little muscle. It's capable of tremendous blessings and horrible curses. Yet it's a vital tool in the process of communication. We also communicate with facial expressions, body language, writing, sign language, but our speech is our most common form of expression. So when James writes about the tongue, we can apply what he says to all forms of interaction. Welcome to Verse by Verse, a daily Bible class led by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been ministering there since 1981. We praise the Lord for the opportunity to share His Word with you five days a week. Our subject today, as you can tell, is communication. We all know how difficult it is to achieve the clear communication upon which a healthy marriage relationship depends. This is such an important topic that Pastor Steve has devoted two messages to it in his series on the biblical family. Today is part one of his second message. If you have your Bible with you, have it ready at chapter 2 of Genesis and also at chapter 4 of Ephesians. Pastor Steve is going to share with us some principles of effective communication derived from these two passages. Now here is Pastor Steve. After class one day, a student said to his professor, you must be more brilliant than Einstein. Well, why do you say that, replied the flattered professor. Well, the student explained, they say only eight people in the world could understand Einstein, but nobody can understand you. Well, we may, we may not appreciate the way that student spoke to his professor, but it does reveal an important truth, and it's this. Talking and communicating are not the same thing. They're two, they're two separate things. Effective communication takes place when we send messages to others that are received and understood, and they send back messages to us that are received and understood. In other words, if you are, you know you're communicating to a person, you send a message to, when that person understands it the way you intended it to be understood. They don't misunderstand it. You had a certain meaning behind your words, they understood that meaning, they understood the intention, that's communication. And when this doesn't take place, we say there's a communications breakdown. And it happens all the time. It happens in government, it happens in the business world, it happens in church-related misunderstandings and conflicts, and it especially happens in the home between a husband and a wife, because you have two people who are together a great deal or at least under the same roof. And when there's a communication problem between a husband and a wife, then it's much more serious than anything else because it's at that point they fail to function as God designed them to function. And that is, as we have seen from Genesis chapter 2, and let's just turn there quickly to Genesis 2. We are doing a series on the home, on the family, with the emphasis between a husband and And a wife. But we saw in Genesis chapter 2 that God designed designed a husband and a wife to have companionship. In chapter 2, 
says that Adam was alone and it was not good. And God brought him Eve and they were now one. So you see companionship and oneness is what marriage is about. And they are to function as one. God may may say that you are one, but if you are not experiencing that oneness, then something is wrong. It says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, For this cause a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And notice this, verse 25 says, And the man and, the, and his wife were both naked and they were not ashamed. They only became ashamed after sin entered the human race. And so you turn to chapter 3, and it says, After they sinned, verse 7, then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. I don't believe that it was just the physical appearance that they wanted to cover. I believe it indicates that that more than the physical appearance, they were covering up and they were covering up in in other areas as well, not just physically. And that's been the history of mankind. We cover up from one another. We don't open up to one another. We hide our real feelings. We hide our real thoughts. And uh, rather than being transparent and open, and it's because of sin, because of the entrance of sin into our lives, husbands and wives don't always open up. To one another, they cover up. And so because of sin, we need God's word now to tell us how to establish a healthy relationship with our spouse. And this means communicating effectively, because that's the basis of a healthy relationship. If you don't have a good, healthy communication system, then you do not have a good relationship with your spouse. It's as clear as that. And a key passage, passage of scripture is Ephesians chapter four. So I invite you to turn to Ephesians four. And we will continue looking at communication and principles. But we said uh, last time we were together, we said that this is a key passage of Scripture because in Ephesians 4, uh, the Apostle Paul makes a contrast between the old man, meaning what we were before we were Christians, and the new man. And he says the old man behaved this way, the new man behaves this way. And Ephesians, the whole book of Ephesians is very critical because uh, Chapters 1 through 3 tell us about doctrine, our calling. We are the called ones. We are uh, those who have been lavished upon with God's great love. We have been redeemed. We have been... There's just so much doctrine. And then you turn to chapter 4 and you see in verse 1, he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, entreat you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. So chapters 1 through 3 tell us our calling. Chapters 4 through 6 tell us how to walk in a manner that's worthy of all that we are in Christ Jesus. But he tells us that we don't walk alone. Walk meaning an expression or a word that just simply says behavior. We don't behave alone. We're not in a vacuum. We're not in a tunnel alone. We walk with other people And that means relationships. And so, in chapter 4, he tells us about relationships with others. And we saw last time that there are two principles of effective communication that we need to, to grab hold of because we build a healthy relationship by communicating and that's what we want to look at. First of all, first principle, be honest. Be honest with your spouse. Verse 25, therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Uh, We have an intimate relationship. Now, he's talking here about the church. We're members of one another. But certainly a husband and wife are even closer than that. They are one flesh. And we need to be honest, not speak falsehood. This verse teaches that we are to get things out in the open. 
We are to be transparent so we can deal with our problems and we can deal with conflicts and we can deal with issues in an honest way. Now, I, I didn't mention this last, last time we met, so let me just deal with this a little bit. Obviously, blatant lying is out. It's wrong. I, I don't even think there should be a question about that. But not so obvious is the falsehood of exaggeration. We might not be blatantly dishonest, but we might exaggerate and not even realize it. For example, you never do what I want you to do. You never do that. Or you're always late. Always late? Or maybe many times late. You have an excuse for everything. You see, words such as never, always, all the time, everything, words of, of, uh, of that extreme are usually, notice I said usually, overstatements. I didn't say they're always. So they're usually overstatements and they're usually exaggerations of the truth and they end up destroying a healthy relationship. Why? Because they're usually said by an exasperated, frustrating individual to get the listener's attention, but they end up hurting the speaker because they, they breathe suspicion, suspicion of falsehood, um, no credibility because that, that other person who you're telling these things to will resist you. They'll know that that's not completely true. Uh, they'll resent it. They'll have counterattacks and they'll be defensive. So don't use words of always, never, all the time. That's exaggerations. And those are generally not true. So that's the first principle, and I just wanted to add, add that. The second principle of healthy communication is deal with problems now. Deal with them on a daily basis. Verses 26 and 27, be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. Anger is sinful when... It's not always sinful, but it's sinful when it's used to attack people because we didn't get our own way. Remember, we call that a little hissy fit. Remember, I didn't get my way, so I'm going to be angry. When there is a problem between a husband and wife, these verses tell us to deal with the problem now. Don't wait. Deal with them now, today, or else Satan is going to get in there. And and when he has a foothold and you go to sleep with this problem unresolved, Something happens in the night where that anger is, is turned into bitterness and resentment and hatred. And that's why it says in verse 31, let all bitterness and anger and, and, and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Where does that develop? Well, that doesn't happen uh, immediately. That takes some time. That's a buildup where a person is seething inside and, and festering and doing a slow burn and silence that just let, lets conflicts build and build and build until finally what was, what was anger is now horrible hostility. So we want to deal with our problems today. Don't let them build up. Don't let Satan get in there and get you to have vain imaginations and start thinking about this. So this morning, we want to discover three more biblical principles of effective communication. I'm telling you, if you put these into effect and put these and apply it to your life, husbands, wives, you apply this, you will be on your way to a healthy relationship. In fact, you will have a healthy relationship with your spouse. And that's the priority. I hope you're finding these biblical principles of communication to be enlightening. We will continue with our lesson in just a moment. It's time to take a short break and introduce ourselves to any listeners who might have just tuned in. You have been listening to Verse by Verse, a radio Bible class. 
Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff is our instructor, and he's been ministering at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida for over 25 years. His teaching there has grown into verse-by-verse ministries as a way to make his expository or verse-by-verse teaching accessible to an even larger audience, Monday through Friday. At the end of the program, I'll give you information so that you can contact verse-by-verse, order a CD, or listen online. Pastor Steve is giving us several biblical principles that will help us to develop and maintain healthy marital relationships. Here he is now with that third principle. Number three, use words that benefit or use beneficial words. One of the most well-known common expressions or sayings about words is a little proverb that most of us uh, heard growing up. Sticks and stones may uh, break my bones, but words will never harm me. I don't know who invented that, but it's not true. It's just not true. I I suppose the person who invented that had been hurt very deeply. By words and try to uh, come up with something that would that would soothe the pain. The proverb is just not true. And I I think that most children recite it to cover up the deep pain they have experienced from somebody who has crushed them with certain words. We would rather have sticks and stones break our bones than words, because words hurt a lot deeper than than that. I can get over sticks and stones, but I have a hard time getting over words. The Bible teaches that words have the potential to destroy and tear down relationships like nothing else that man has ever invented. It is an incredible weapon. James chapter 3 tells us about the power of the tongue, meaning words. James 3 verse 6, he says, And the tongue is a fire, a very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life, and is set on fire by hell. Verse 8, for no one can tame the tongue. What he means here is no one in and of themselves. God can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. The human tongue has the power to destroy, he's saying. It can set on course. Uh, It can can set on on fire a, a, a forest. It can destroy. It can burn people deeply. He's not just talking about cursing here. He's talking about saying things that cut and tear down. I'd like you to turn to Proverbs and and stay there for a while because uh, or put some kind of a marker there, because most of what we're going to look at is found in Proverbs. And that only makes sense. Proverbs tells us how to live a wise life. And Solomon instructed his son on wise living. And so uh, we want to look at some verses on Proverbs and we'll be doing that throughout Our session this morning, Proverbs 11, verse 9. Just listen to some of the ways that the the words can can tear down. With his mouth, the godless man destroys his neighbor. And through knowledge, the righteous will be delivered. But he says that a neighbor can be destroyed through, through somebody's words. Verse 11. By the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is torn down. You can actually destroy a a city. You can destroy a village in in those days. Chapter 13, verse 3. The one who guards his mouth preserves his life. The one who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. It ruins lives. What you say ruins lives, has the potential to do that. 15, 
Verse one, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh, a harsh word stirs up anger. All you have to do if somebody's angry with you, say, oh, yeah, and retaliate and get back at them and you'll see you stir up anger. Proverbs 15, verse four, a soothing tongue is a tree of life, but perversion in it crushes the spirit. Someone can use words to to bring on depression, to crush, to despair a person, to put a person in despair, to bring discouragement. What we say has the potential to deeply hurt and deeply build up. But God also says that our words have a great benefit to others, too. Not only to hurt, but to help. Proverbs 12, verse 25. Anxiety in the heart of a man weighs it down, but a good word makes it glad. We have the potential to come along to someone who's filled with anxiety and say a good word and build them up and encourage them. Proverbs 15, verse 1, we looked at this, a gentle answer turns away wrath. Our words can diminish anger. 15, verse 4, a soothing tongue is a tree of life. Our words can bring strength and growth and emotional healing and encouragement. Now, how we use words depends upon our spiritual condition. Depends upon our hearts. And that's why, as you look back at Ephesians 4, verse 29, it says, and here's here's a great verse for you. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of of the moment, that it may give grace to those who hear. What this verse is saying is before becoming Christians, we we spoke in such a way that God says it was unwholesome words. Unwholesome words proceeded from our mouth. And what does unwholesome mean? He's not simply talking about cursing or foul language or things of that, although that would be included. But the word unwholesome in the Greek language was used to describe rotten fruit or or uh, bad fish in contrast to good fish. They may have been bad. And we know this from Matthew 13, 48. They may have been bad in the sense that they were diseased or in the sense that they were not nutritious. We're, we're not sure. And, and uh, even from the context, the. The Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament uses this word for disease. So when you put it together, you see this is a broad word that covers any talk that is unhealthy, harmful, destructive. In other words, unwholesome talk would be talk that tears down a relationship rather than builds it up. And that's the meaning here because he contrasts it with edification, which is building up. So unwholesome words tear it down, uh, edifying words build it up. Now, how do husbands and wives use words that tear down and cut each other down? Well, the most obvious way is to openly criticize, to be nasty, to be uh, to have negative insults, to attack a person's character. Uh, that's kind of obvious. But some of us, and you don't need me to tell you the obvious, some of us practice unwholesome speech in a not so obvious way. For example, we can cut down our spouse by giving them a compliment and then in the next breath taking it away and it crushes. I call this next breath speech. For example, darling, that was a great meal, but in the next breath, why don't you cook that well more often? That's true. People do that. Or, gee, I really appreciate the way you mowed the lawn this time, but in the next breath, I just wish you'd do it that way more often. Or, thanks for calling me to let me know you'll be late, but in the next breath, I can't understand why you don't do that all the time. Now, those are ways that uh, unwholesome speech that tear down a relationship. It's a subtle way of being very negative. And there are people who do this. 
not just with their spouse. They are experts at doing this with other people. And they can't understand why their spouse would be upset with them. Because after all, they're appreciative. They say thank you. They, they express their appreciation, but they really cancel anything positive they say because in the next breath, they, they take it away and they cut down their spouse. You were great. However, did you think? Be careful about that. That's, that's unwholesome speech. Another way we tear down our spouse is by negative talk. Some husbands and wives tear each other down by excessive negative talk. They don't compliment each other, rarely, if ever. Uh, but they criticize with negative uh, talk. And, and they're constantly criticizing. The other one can never do anything right. They nag. They're correcting. Uh, that's unwholesome speech. And the home then becomes a place that's rather depressing to be in. Another way we tear down our spouse is by um, hasty response, rash talk. Words that are spoken in haste are usually words that tear down a relationship because we speak them in anger and we haven't thought, thought them through. And there are some people like that. And you, you want to say to them, what were you thinking about when you said that? Because those words hurt. Once again, Proverbs gives us some insight. Proverbs 15 Proverbs 15, verse 28. Just look at a few of these. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer. So a wise man who's righteous thinks about how to answer. He does not rashly get his words out, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. He never ponders. He just speaks. Proverbs 29, verse 20. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. So don't be hasty. That is a pretty serious indictment. Proverbs is full of warnings about foolishness. Yet it also says that the fool has more hope than the person whose mouth is faster than his brain. How many times have we wished that our words had strings on them so we could pull them back before they could do any damage? Ah, but you know, words are like bullets. There's no calling them back, no self-destruct button like a guided missile that's gone astray. At this point, we need to start wrapping up our class for today. But there is plenty more to come, so I hope you'll join us again next broadcast for the continuation of Pastor Steve's second message on effective communication. You have been listening to Verse by Verse, a radio Bible class of the air led by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Verse by Verse Ministries is a natural extension of Pastor Steve's expository or verse by verse teaching at Lakeside. Lakeside Community Chapel is located at 1893 Sunset Point Road in Clearwater, Florida. You can take Sunset Point Road west from U.S. Highway 19. Lakeside is halfway between U.S. 19 and the beach. Now, if you're in the area on a Sunday morning or if you live in the area and are looking for a church home, please stop by and see us. In fact, we would encourage you to linger a little while after the service and give Pastor Steve the opportunity to meet you. If you would like to hear Pastor Steve's entire message, you can order an audio CD by calling 727-239-0306. Please leave your name and a phone number and we'll return your call during weekday office hours. That number again is 727-239-0306. 
Or you can listen again to today's broadcast at versebyverseradio.org. Feel free to listen online, or you can sign up for our free podcasting service. You might also like to subscribe to our complimentary newsletter. The premier issue of the newsletter gives some insight into the biblical basis for verse-by-verse ministries and has other features that we think you'll find useful in your own studies. That website again is versebyverseradio.org. Please keep in mind that Verse-by-Verse Ministries is a faith ministry which depends on the prayers and gifts of interested people who have first been supportive of their local church. Please join us again tomorrow for part two of this three-part class on effective communication. It's part of a series covering the biblical family. So until we meet again, let's practice using our words to build one another up and be encouragers, especially to our spouses. Lord willing, we will see you next broadcast. 